Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. What's happening, everybody? I hope that you're doing well. I've got a whole bunch of people in the room. It's so nice to have people in the room. I hope you're doing well. My name is Daniel Eduardo, and thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning and for tuning in. I hope you had an amazing week. I hope you've taken full advantage of going out for food with friends at pubs and restaurants or even maybe going to the hairdressers or maybe to the barbers. I know I've done that. I've done all of the above this week. I've been out for food. I went out on Tuesday with some friends, and it was just awesome to hang out with people. I went to the barbers, which ended up being the most expensive trip in my life. I, and I, what I did was I parked my car in a certain position where I shouldn't have parked. I came back and had a ticket fine on my windscreen, which is not the one, so I ended up being the most expensive haircut ever. But anyway, not talking about that today. Just a little bit of a, a context and a bit of a background to myself. For the last eight years or so, I've, been, I've had the opportunity to be part of a missional band called Brightline, where we've traveled all across the UK and certain parts of Europe as well, going into high schools, bringing the good news of Jesus. And it's been an absolute privilege and an honor to be able to do that. And now alongside that, I have the opportunity to head up church relations for the Northwest for this exciting gospel proclaiming event that's happening next year, July 2022, called Festival Manchester 22. Now, if you are a church leader, if you are part of a local church, if you head up a, a, a ministry in the Northwest, I want to chat with you. I want to get to know you. I'm, I'm more than happy to jump in the car and go to you. I'm more than happy then to climb up mountains and just to meet up with you, to talk to you, to see what God is doing in your community, what God is doing in your patch. And I want to be able to chat and see what can we do together? How can we partner together in the gospel? to see loads of people become followers and disciples of Jesus. And that's actually something that I want to be talking about today. I want to talk about the joys in partnering together in the gospel for the gospel in this together. And what I'm going to be doing today, I'm going to be looking at a letter to Philemon, which is uh, uh, the shortest letter that Paul wrote. It only has one chapter, it has 25 verses, and for such a small letter, there's so much that is in it. There's so much content, it's such a powerful little letter. David Pawson said this, this letter is a beautiful example of working out your salvation. So just to give you a bit of a background to this letter, Philemon lived in Colossae. The moment when the letter was sent to Philemon would have been at the same time as the letter sent to the Colossians. Most likely, Philemon became a follower of Jesus after hearing Paul preach the gospel. Now, Paul was really excited that someone like Philemon, who many scholars believe was someone of means and of great influence, would have responded to the gospel. And not only he responded to the gospel, now Philemon, his wife, and his household became partners in proclaiming the gospel, partners in the work of the gospel. But there is a bit of an issue. Philemon own slaves. Now, we know that this is something that is wrong and is abhorrent, but in Philemon's world, this was something that was pretty normal. And one of Philemon's slaves, his name is Onesimus, which means useful, had run away. And this is a capital offense. Now, we don't really know why Onesimus ran away. Maybe he did something that he shouldn't have done. Maybe he cheated his master. Maybe he stole something. We're not quite sure. But what we do know is Onesimus ran away and somehow met Paul and became a Christian as a result of that. 
Him and Paul became friends, brothers. They became partners in the gospel. There's a real transformation that happens in the life of Onesimus. But Paul knew that something needed to be done. He knew that it was important that Onesimus did not run away from his problems or his past. You see, I guess part of, of repentance is putting things right, right? We, we, we look at the story of Zacchaeus, and, and that moment when Zacchaeus meets Jesus, there's a real transformation that happens in Zacchaeus' lives, and he puts the wrong things right. So he realizes that this had to happen in Onesimus. So Paul decides to send Onesimus back to Philemon and ask Philemon not only to forgive him, but to take him back as a brother. True reconciliation. And I wonder, as Paul is thinking this, I wonder if he's going back to that letter in 2 Corinthians where he talks about this ministry of reconciliation. And throughout this whole letter, we'll be able to see this, this message of reconciliation and forgiveness woven into it. This is big stuff. This could go one of two ways, really. Onesimus is either punished and killed, or he is reconciled, set free, and accepted as a brother. So what does Paul do? He communicates to Philemon by using the gospel message, the good news of Jesus, the, the Lord Jesus, the King Jesus, the one whom Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon are now slaves to, the King of kings and of the Lord of lords. N.T. Wright says this, that Paul presents the lordship of Jesus, the real King of kings, over the world, people's lives, and over everyday situations. So if you have a Bible with you, why don't you open with me? In Philemon, we're going to start in verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. And to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. You're awesome. And Father God, we just pray as we look into your word, your beautiful word, would you speak to us this morning? May you be glorified in everything that is done this morning. I pray that there'll be a shift in perspective. May our eyes be fixed in you and you alone for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to, I want, I'm just going to be looking at those first seven verses of this, um, this beautiful letter. And I, kind of, I want to start right at the very beginning and, and see even how Paul introduces himself. Now, Paul begins his appeal to Philemon by identifying himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And this is actually the only time he uses this description in the greeting in all of his letters. And I wonder, as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, why did he utilize this term? I mean, I wonder if he's simply trying to let his mate Philemon know what is going down in his life, what the situation he's finding himself in. Or maybe he's trying to, I don't know, maybe he's trying to utilize this as some sort of kind of title, some sort of kind of like badge of honor, title of honor, as if it was part of his name. You know, I'm Paul, you know, prisoner to Christ Jesus. Or maybe there is some sort of... Um, 
a double meaning behind it. You know, we, we see that Paul is physically chained up to a Roman guard. But in reality, for a very, very long time, Paul had been a prisoner to Christ Jesus. Paul was a prisoner to Jesus. You know, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he says this, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's, in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. And when he says that, that Christ loves, compels him to be a minister of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You see, the love of Christ constrains him way more than physical shackles do. He is a slave to Christ, not the empire. He is a slave to Jesus, not to Caesar. Jesus is his master. That's who Paul serves, and Paul knows that. His imprisonment, something that would be a source of great shame, is actually something that brings glory to Jesus. And he makes his friend Philemon know what's happening. He then closes this greeting with grace and peace, something which I believe is actually intentional. I don't think it's just a little, a little passing comment at all. Uh, I believe you know, in the context of the letter and, and what Paul is about to ask Philemon, maybe Paul is reminding Philemon about the grace and the peace that Philemon had actually received from Jesus. Philemon had been a target of God's amazing grace. And Paul was about to ask Philemon to extend this grace, to extend grace to once a useless slave, now a brother in Christ Jesus. And through this, Philemon would experience true peace, wholeness. That word that we use so many times, shalom, that would be the peace that Philemon would be, would be experiencing. We have been a target of God's amazing grace. We have been saved from eternal separation from God, and now we have been restored and reconciled to God in Christ. And we need to extend as well this arm of grace. So then Paul, what does he do? He cracks on with the letter. He starts off by thanking God as he prays for Philemon because of his love for all of God's holy people and his faith in Jesus I'm going to read it again. I always thank my God. This is verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I mean, what reputation to have. Isn't that crazy? To be known for your love towards your fellow brothers and your fellow sisters in Christ and to have this unshakable faith in Jesus. That's what Philemon was known for. Man, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that, that is known for just pouring out his love. You know, Daniel, he's the guy that just loves and loves and loves people, and his faith is real in Jesus. As, I, as I'm saying this, I can think of even just people here in the message, even just people here in the room. I mean, Jane Sullivan is in this room right now, and, and she, she is just someone that just pours out her love to people. It's like, yes, I'm just pouring out my love, and, and, my, and her faith in Jesus is real, and people can see that. I mean, I think of Danielle Camps, or someone that just loves people in her community. I mean, I think of all of our brothers and sisters who are part of, of the Eden Network, just pour out their love constantly, just pouring out their love, loving people. And having this unshakable faith in Jesus, man, I want to be that guy so much. I'm desperate. The love towards his fellow brothers and his fellow sisters is a selfless love, a self-sacrifice love, agape. Paul, a man who is chained up, has his heart full. And I wonder 
though, if at this point Paul is trying to appeal to Philemon's character in forgiving Onesimus, but then he moves on. Verse 6, he starts praying for Philemon. He says this, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the heart of the Lord's people. Paul is full of joy because of Philemon's partnership and love. And partnership in its original language is koinonia, which means joint participation, fellowship, community. And love in its original language as well is agape, which is all about doing. It's more of a doing word than it is actually a feeling word. The partnership that Paul talks about is a partnership that they both have in the gospel. They are in this together, mates on a mission. It's acknowledging that faithfulness to Jesus means recognizing all of his followers as actual partners, equal partners who also experience God's love and grace. It's an active thing. When people make a decision to follow Jesus, believe the gospel, they are brought into a partnership with those who believe it. When people work together in the service of the gospel, new things happen. Things that we initially thought would be impossible. I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.17, probably one of my favorite passages in the whole of Scripture says this. Whoever is in Christ's new creation, the old is gone, the new is here. He is praying that it would be effective. Such a strong word. For his partnership to be effective in deepening his understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. And as Paul says this, I'm reminded of Paul's thanksgiving in Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. And, and Sarah Small did such an awesome job, and she is doing such an awesome job by looking at the book of Philippians. And if you've not checked it out, please go and check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. She did an amazing job yesterday as well. And it says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philemon's love for Paul was genuine. I mean, Paul is sat in prison, right, chained up to a Roman guard, a source of shame. But nevertheless, he is encouraged by Philemon's love for him. It refreshed him. When we partner together in the gospel, it just naturally refreshes us. We are in this together. And when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm reading this and I'm thinking about all the stuff that we do at the message and, and I think even just about the tagline that I feel like probably so many times we kind of just throw it around. It's like, oh, it's just like a cool little thing that maybe Andy came up with, but, which is mates on the mission. But actually, if you think about that, it's actually pretty deep. It's just so powerful. And that's what Paul is saying to Philemon, that we are partners in this that we are in this together, that we are actually mates on a mission. 
And what's the mission? The mission is to be heralds of good news, to be these ambassadors and agents of reconciliation. It's about reaching the last, the least, and the lost. That is the mission. We are in this together. There is true joy when brothers and sisters partner together for the sake of the gospel. And this joy is tied up to God's glory. When we are doing this, we are worshiping him. We are bringing glory to him. We are pointing towards Jesus. This is one of the reasons why I am actually so excited of being part of our Festival Manchester 22. You know, in the last, just in the last couple of months, I've had the opportunity to chat with some church leaders and kind of just see what God is doing in their patches and just see how we could be serving and coming alongside them. And, and, and most recently, I guess, in you know, being able to meet people in real life, which has been amazing. It's like, oh, my goodness, real people. I'm not seeing someone through the screen anymore. I'm actually hanging out with you and going for a coffee. It's been a beautiful thing, man. I've missed it. I didn't realize how much I love people, but I actually really do. Um, but, um, you know, but we, we, we actually been chatting um, together what does it look to partner together koinonia for the for the sake of the gospel and when we work together in the service of the gospel things happen it just naturally happens you know just a month ago i was um i was speaking to this group of churches in in north manchester um and the leader said this at the end said to the group one of the one of the church leaders said this at the end um to the group he says so we so often disagree on different things but right now, we have an opportunity to agree on something. Sharing the gospel and partnering together. Oh, that's it, right? He got it. That's, that's what it's all about. I mean, yesterday, I, I got to hang out with, a, with another church leader. I went on a walk with him and grabbed a coffee. Like I said, it was beautiful. And, and this is what he said. He said, this is an opportunity for us to work together, partner together for the gospel, to see God's kingdom advance Oh, that's what this is all about. That's why I'm so excited. And, and, and even as I was sat down and I was chatting with him, there you could just feel the sense of excitement. Like, man, dream like what could God do in our region? I mean, God could do way above more than we could ever think or imagine. Uh, just uh, before, before recording this session, I was speaking to Ian and, and hearing about stories from the first festival in Manchester or stories of like they came, people coming to Christ or I saw this happen in my community because of festival in Manchester. It's, it's just amazing to see people working together for the sake of the gospel. The gospel works. We as Christians are, are not alone. When we are joined to Christ, we are joined with one another. Koinonia. We are true mates on the mission. We are in this together. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this call for us to be working together for the sake of the gospel. We believe that your gospel is active, is alive, it still works. May we be aware of it and may we act upon it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to show you a, a quick video. And on the 29th of April, we have this online uh, event called the Greater Manchester Prayer Gathering. And where we'll be hearing from Chris Kandaya, we'll be hearing some amazing testimonies. Uh, we'll be having some sung worship as well. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about Festival Manchester 22 as well. So would you join us? Maybe this is an opportunity now that you can have people in your back garden. Maybe you can have a bit of a watch party, put it on the big screen, have a barbecue, invite people around. If you want to invite me, that's okay as well. But have people around, pray together, 
but join us on the 29th of April. Um, see you guys there. God bless. Take care. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 